0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome down to this special emergency episode of the JBFE. How are you doing on this Wednesday afternoon, evening, if you're listening on the day that I've recorded it? Coming to you to talk coaches and who is looking nervously over their shoulder as we head into the final month of the regular season in the NFL. The big news overnight, the sacking of nine-year Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, a man who took the Panthers to the Super Bowl, has been fired a month away from the end of the season. So we're gonna dive into that and look at how that firing might have altered the landscape for some other coaches in the league. So, without further fussing about, let's dive in. So, it seems appropriate to sort of start this emergency special edition podcast by just sort of laying out what happened with Ron Rivera Uh So I woke up to the news that he had been sacked this morning on my social media feeds. And look, although I expected that he would probably not be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers heading into the 2020 season, I didn't think that he'd be gone before the end of 2019. I think the loss to the Washington Redskins on the weekend just gone probably didn't help his Case, but I think there's been some writing on the wall that if things didn't have a market improvement, I think basically that if they weren't going to make playoffs this season, um, it was going to be unlikely that Rivera kept his job. And he's had a lot to deal with the last few seasons, with Cam Newton being on and off the field, um, things like that. I mean, you're in a Division two that involves a team like the New Orleans Saints but but he would take that as no excuse your job as a football coach is to win your division and regardless of the strength of the opponent in your division I'm sure Sean McDermott wouldn't use it as an excuse you know that the Patriots are in his division his goal has to be to overcome New England and the same in in the NFC South the Carolina Panthers have to become a strong enough team to overcome this New Orleans Saints team. But I think Ron Rivera, I was surprised because in a lot of ways, he seemed like that sort of coach like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. A lot of people calling for Tomlin's head season in, season out. And they are such sort of reliable figures. Obviously, Tomlin has had, you know, a far better record um, as a head coach than Ron Rivera. But you sort of just got the feeling he was he was a solid, reliable leader who had taken this team to some to the highest heights in the history of the franchise. Uh, for context, Rivera was seventy six wins, sixty three losses, and one tie in regular season play with the Panthers as their head coach and he was three and four in playoffs. This was his ninth year as head coach. They won three consecutive division titles from 2013 to 2015. He was the AP Coach of the Year twice in 2013 and 2015. And he took this team to the Super Bowl in 2015 where they went 15 and one And eventually lost to the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. So this is a guy who's given this franchise a lot of success as their head coach. So with him departing, it was owner David Tepper, who has been vocal recently in saying that, you know, basically uh, to sort of paraphrase that he wasn't in this business, you know, basically for mediocrity. He wants the franchise to win. He wants to have a championship culture at the Panthers. As I said, you felt this was maybe on the cards for a little while. But Tepper said in his statement today, I believe this is the best decision for the long-term success of our team." I have a great deal of respect for Ron and the contributions he has made to this franchise and to this community. I wish him the best. I will immediately begin the search for the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. The reason I laugh is that these statements, I don't know, they seem very, they, they seem to come from the same sort of cookie cutter. I have a lot of respect for this guy, I've, I've just fired. Um, and now we're moving on. You know, Rivera is going to hold a, a pretty special place, I think, in, in Carolina Panthers history. And maybe, maybe that is something David Tepper does acknowledge. Just that statement seemed a little bit cold to me, but that's, you know, here nor there. He went on to say that, you know, what they're going to look for is a coach, you know, that has the right mix of old-school discipline and toughness with modern innov- you know, uh, innovation processes. I found that interesting because I don't think, you know, Ron Rivera strikes me as a, you know, a bit of an old school disciplined coach, but with a slightly modern edge to him. In in some ways I felt like that's what you're sort of describing. He's not a crotchety old um crotchety old sort of man. He, he seems to be a nice mix of hard-nosed and disciplined But then, too, he's he's sort of got an aggressive modern mindset as well. I mean, you don't earn the nickname Riverboat Ron for nothing. There's a good quote from an article on the Panthers website by Max Henson from Ron Rivera himself. He said, We did a lot. The people, we brought in good men, good coaches. We did things the right way. How fortunate I am. This has been really cool. I'm kind of yeah, I'm a little sad to see him go. He was someone who I enjoyed following. Um, the reality is i don't he's not going to be long out of employment, whether that's as a coordinator somewhere, a defensive coordinator, perhaps. but I think I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Ron Rivera land in a head coaching position. And that's what I want to get into now. Because as you'll know if you've followed the NFL for any length of time, the turnover rate of head coaches in the league is about, I think it stands at about 8 per year on average. It's about 25% of the head coaches every year change. Now, we've already had Jay Gruden, at the Washington Redskins, fired earlier this season. And we've now had Ron Rivera at the Panthers. So that theoretically leaves six more spots if we're going to hit around that eight mark. And what I wanted to to start looking into here, as I flick through my notes, is who are some likely names and how likely they are to go. And I personally think that Ron Rivera being sacked at this point of the season actually could shake things up a bit because you've got a coaching candidate out there now who could be an attractive proposition. For instance, I think there are coaches out there who were hired at the start of this year who maybe wouldn't have got a job if there was a Ron Rivera type on the open market. So now is there a bit of a shuffling of the deck for teams who maybe have hired someone this year and feel now that, well, Ron Rivera's available? You know, this is a guy with nine years of head coaching experience. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl. He's won Coach of the Year awards. He's won division titles with his team. He would seem like an attractive fit for a franchise who are perhaps tepid about their feelings towards their their new head coach. So let's break it down here. I'm looking at if we've got Jay Gruden and Rivera gone. I think going, in the going column, these guys are on their way out at the end of the season. I think Pat Shermer at the Giants, I think he'll be done after two seasons. I think Dan Quinn at the Falcons, I think Atlanta will let him see out this year, and then he'll be gone. And I think Doug Marone at Jacksonville um, could be on his way out too. I, 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 not those three would not surprise me whatsoever. Um, I think the Falcons haven't got back to that Super Bowl winning form. They've had a lot of pieces there for him to work with and it just hasn't helped. They've shuffled the coaching staff at the midway point of this season and they they came back and looked a little bit better and had a couple of wins in the second part of this season. But it looks now like it's going to collapse towards the end of the year. I, I don't think there's enough that they can do in these last four games to salvage Dan Quinn, his job. So I, I, I think he will be gone. Pat Shermer, I think, will be gone. I think the Giants with what they have invested, you know, in getting Saquon Barkley. I mean, I could be wrong with Shermer. I just, if anything, it feels as though it's gone backwards from where they were last year. And, you know, you you kind of expect that, okay, our coach might have a poor year in year one, but then you sort of have the, there's an expectation that you'll see some improvement come year two. And that really hasn't happened. I don't think there has been an improvement in New York. Now, I haven't watched New York, the New York Giants games as closely as some other teams, but the ones I have, I haven't seen any sort of drastic improvement that leads you to believe that this team is on the right course. So I think Shermer may be gone And as I said, I think Doug Marone in Jacksonville as well. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if Tom Coughlin came out of the uh, general manager's booth and ended up coaching this team again. Or I even wonder if the Jaguars would be a landing spot for Ron Rivera. That might be a good fit there. I I don't know. Of course, you'll have that usual sort of spree of coordinators coming through as well. I wonder whether, you know, that there's an interesting thing in Jacksonville with the quarterback situation, with Nick Foles. You know, can they... Will Nick Foles be the starter for that team? He's come back after injury and hasn't performed... Very well. He's now been replaced for the foreseeable future by Gardner Minshew. So who do you want in charge of that team? Is Marone the guy? Because the Jags at uh, four and eight and bottom of their division, you know, this was a team that had a Super Bowl window. Theoretically, they got to an AFC Championship game in twenty seventeen and lost in a bit of a nail biter to the Patriots. And then twenty eighteen was a Enormous disappointment. They trade for Foles to, to replace Blake Bortles, who gets shipped off to the LA Rams. And, you know, the, the theory being that, well, we're a quarterback away from, from really tearing this thing open with the defense we have in now. You know, parts of that defense are now gone. Jalen Ramsey's gone. On offense, Leonard Fournette isn't playing as well as he has in previous years. And you've got a quarterback investment in Nick Foles that at the moment for all intents and purposes looks like a bit of a bust at not having the success that you would hope when you've paid a guy all this money to come and be your franchise man Gardner Minshew seems to give this team a lot more life a lot more enthusiasm and energy and identity so I wouldn't be surprised I think Shermer Quinn and Marone will be gone and then we get down to a a, Another segment that I have labelled is it hot in here, or is it just me? I think this Adam GaSe is on that list for the Jets. You know that there's been some supportive statements coming out and saying no, he's you know, he's going to have more than one year, etc., cetera, etc. We're cetera. we're fully behind him, or you know something to that effect. Let's see how the year finishes out for these Jets. Because you've had also a new general manager come in. You've got a young quarterback who you don't want to ruin. You want someone who's going to develop him. Adam Gase is a prickly customer. And it, and I think you can put up with a prickly customer as a head coach if you get results. You know, would Bill Belichick's shtick work in other play, you know, if if you have a Bill Belichick type personality as your head coach and you're going four and twelve every year, I don't think that'd. I think that'd get old really quick. You know, so I, I think in some ways, your personality can sometimes dictate how much pressure you're under. And I don't think Gase has had the results this season that 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 alleviate the pressure. I, I don't. I think. He will survive to 2020. But I think he's probably on a shorter leash than some media outlets might have you believe. I think Matt Patricia at Detroit is an interesting case. Now, when you look back at the history in Detroit, he's a second-year head coach he went 6-10 his first year, and they're currently 3-8-1. The Lions have an ex- a pretty high rate of head coach turnover. They've had nine head coaches uh, in the last 20 years. Jim Caldwell, the last one with a significant winning record, 36-28 and 28 in 64 games with two playoff losses, he was sacked in 2017, so, so that's the guy that matt patricia replaced and in hindsight i wonder how the lions feel about that he had the best record of any of their head coaches in the last 20 years by by a long way and patricia's year a little like i was talking earlier about um pat Shermer at the giants you don't want to go backwards from six and ten you know they were they were wanting the sort of seven and nine eight and eight or nine and seven season this year, and they they started off so well and have just slumped since. Obviously, they've had some you know extenuating circumstances with uh, Driscoll playing in place of Matt Stafford at quarterback, and that does you know impact the team significantly. Significantly, I think you know Matt Stafford is a significant upgrade on what Driscoll brings to the lineup. But Matt Patricia's one, I think, just the landing spot in Detroit, um, I think there is a, a pressure to do well and do well quickly. I, I think he's one that might be looking over the shoulder a little. Again, particularly when, the, when different head coaches are suddenly on the, on the open market. Another one in that same sort of category... As Patricia and uh, if I find this, as Patricia and Adam Gase is Freddie Kitchens, and I sort of put him at the hotter end of the spectrum here. If we're going cold, 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 warm, warm, hot, I think Freddie Kitchens hasn't done himself many favors with how this season has gone for the Browns. There has been an Embarrassment of riches available to this Browns franchise to use. With Baker Mayfield at quarterback, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry on offense, you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you've got all of these offensive weapons, and, and weapons on defense too. And yet... You're probably going to end up with a similar-looking record to last season. More than likely going to miss the playoffs. And there's a disciplinary stink around this team. The public sentiment has, if anything, lessened towards the Browns. They, at the start of the season, they were sort of like, oh, it's America's team. Everyone wants to see the Browns do well. I think that, t- that tide is turning and has definitely turned. I personally think a coach like Ron Rivera could work very well in Cleveland. Someone who has previous head coaching experience, who has been to a Super Bowl, who has dealt with big personalities. Cam Newton, Steve Smith Sr., who has won division titles, who has coached in the NFL, has a body of work in the NFL, you know, I think has a slightly hard nosed approach. He's also, I think, a well respected figure. I, out of these three, out of Matt Patricia, Adam Gase, and Freddie Kitchens, I wouldn't be surprised if Freddie Kitchens is the one to shift from, is it hot in here? to going and gone. I think John Dorsey as a general manager isn't afraid to swing the axe. He's invested heavily in assets to help this Browns team win now. And I think they need to start doing it. Particularly with the the, the things that are happening in their own division. You've got a team in the Steelers who have, you know, probably the best defense they've had in years. You've got Ben Roethlisberger presumably coming back next season, so the Steelers are going to be the Steelers. The Ravens currently probably the the best team in the NFL, and while the Bengals are often the the punchline to the NFC uh, the AFC North, you don't know what Zach Taylor might get done. And Cleveland has a window where they've got Baker Mayfield on his rookie deal and all these other expensive assets like Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett, etc., etc. All these weapons. Keeping this team together once Mayfield moves beyond his rookie deal is going to be difficult. So they need to make the most of that window because this is it's a cultural thing too it's it's a the culture of a football franchise you have it seems to me that you have windows in which you can change that and it seemed like this season leading in from what the browns did in the back half of last year this season was a a window was open for the browns to change their narrative and i don't think they've done a lot to do that to be perfectly honest. I think there's a... And those windows can close. As I say, you don't know what's going to happen with the Bengals and Zach Taylor. The Ravens are strong. The Steelers are strong. There's are big organisations that you've got to play catch-up to. I think they need to know that they've got someone in charge of their football franchise who can help them compete with those big institutions within their own division let alone the rest of the NFL. So I, I think having a guy like Ron Rivera on the market, I'd be interested to see what would have happened last season if Rivera was available when they were in the hiring process of getting Kitchens on board. You know, would a guy with nine years of head coaching experience, well-liked, respected, had been to a Super Bowl... Could he have come in? I think he'd be a good fit at Cleveland. So I think Freddie Kitchens is going to be a little hot under the collar, particularly with just all of the things that have just across the season, but it hasn't got any better. Even when they're winning, they're generating storylines and you don't need that. This Browns team wants to be known for its football. Not its helmet swings, and I know people can say, "Well, that's not Freddie Kitchens' fault. That was Miles Garrett that did that." What well, the head coach sets the tone. One hundred percent, the head coach sets the tone. You look at NFL franchises across the Patriots are an on-field representation of the personality of Bill Belichick, calculating, adaptable. Rational, successful. Uh, You look at the uh, Cliff Kingsbury thing in Arizona. You know, exciting, full of potential, and a little rough around the edges with inexperience. I think. I think the head coach makes a huge impact. And I I I wonder how what the temperature is within the Cleveland fan base around Freddie Kitchens, particularly in light of the fact you just went into Heinz Field, with all of the star power you have and all the injuries Pittsburgh have, and I know Pittsburgh has an exceptional defense, but the Pittsburgh offense. Is incredibly thin this season. You're talking about the third string quarterback. You know, a second string group of receivers, second string running backs. You know that the center Marquise Pouncey is not playing. That was an opportunity to beat the Steelers twice in a season for the first time since the '80s, and they, in some fashion, got stomped after the first half. It, that, it can't keep happening. If Cleveland want to turn it around, it cannot keep happening. You need to find a head coach who doesn't create headlines for wearing the wrong t-shirts. For the, action, the, 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 the things that happen on the field. There's another category of guys who I think have probably saved... I think Vic Fangio. Fangio. Vic Fangio has, I think, earned himself another look in Denver. I think there's enough there to suggest that, you know, they've had some injuries this season that have, you know, limited some of their pieces on defense. I think they still haven't got it figured out at quarterback, but you know, Drew Locke got them to a win. He was certainly far from perfect. There could be other quarterbacks come on the market at the end of this season. You just don't know. Cortland Sutton has looked really good. I think Fangio has earned himself with the second part of this season another year, definitely in Denver. But I think in Denver, you're on a short leash. I think you're on a short leash like at some other places. But I think he'll be there through next season. Matt Nagy at Chicago, I think he's earned himself another year on the basis of what they did last year in Chicago. I don't think we'll see Mitchell Trubisky at the Bears next season, but maybe we will. In terms of drafting a quarterback, it's going to be hard for them to do that, a quarterback of the caliber that they're after. But, I mean, you never know. Maybe there is someone in the middle rounds that they like that someone else doesn't want. There are a lot of quarterbacks coming out. It's, there's more quarterbacks in the draft than just Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Tua. Watched a guy on the weekend in Virginia. was pretty exceptional. Bryce Perkins. Now, what future he has in the NFL, I don't know. But you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson and you can imagine in the right setup how a guy with Perkins' athletic ability and his throwing and leadership you know, could thrive if the right elements were put around him. But I think Matt Nagy stays on again in Chicago. I think he's safe this season. That would come as a great shock to me if he didn't make it into the 2020 season. I think also there was a weird thing that happened in Chicago this year with a focus around the kicker. You know, I think... There was so much focus put on, you know, that we've just got to find the right kicker. And if we had to kick that thing against the that we had to kick that field goal in the against the Eagles last season in the playoffs, we'd probably go to the Super Bowl. I think there was a lot more. That the, the defence totally carried that Chicago Bears team last season. And the offence is a lot worse this year, but it was it was not exceptional last season. There was a team based around the defence. Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, I think, is in a pretty good position. I think he's... I think Taylor will get at least three years. I think the record this year was meaningless. They can go 1-15. and he won't, He's not going to get sacked, in my opinion. You look at the Bengals' track record. They've had 10 coaches total since 1968. Marvin Lewis, the longest tenured head coach, he was the guy that Zach Taylor replaced... Lewis was there for 16 seasons. The shortest tenured coaches are Bill Johnson, Homer Rice, and Dick LeBeau, and they each got three years. I think Zach Taylor's going to get his minimum three years. He'll get a couple of drafts to build the young talent around him. They'll do a bit in free agency, maybe. They'll definitely build through the draft. You know they'll get some of their draft players this year back who are injured. Is it Jonah Williams, I believe, who was on the offensive line? If I'm not mistaken, um, you know was injured early this season and wasn't you know unable to play. So they'll get some pieces back that they should have had this year. Um, AJ Green, I believe, was injured on and off this season. So I think Zach Taylor will get his three years, and we'll get to see what he's got. As, as a 36-year-old head coach. We'll get to see who they draft. I believe they will take a quarterback. You know, and I think a guy like Joe Burrow in, you know, guys like that, with that competitiveness, that aggression, I, I've i thought for a while now that Joe Burrow is a can be a franchise-changing quarterback. I think there's other guys out in the draft who are going to have more exceptional physical talents and going to look... Flashier, I think Burrow is um, just a legitimately impressive human being. And I think he can, I think he's the sort of person who can embrace the culture of a place. I think you've seen that at LSU. He's just been embraced by that community, and he has embraced that community and the vibe of the place in two seasons. I think he could do so. I'd personally like to see him in Miami with Brian Flores. But who knows, maybe you can team him up with Zach Taylor. We'll see. But that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. With There's got to be coaching spots open up. I think you're going to be looking at, obviously, Jay Gruden and Ron Rivera already gone. I think Pat Shermer, Dan Quinn, and Doug Marone will join them. And then you might be looking at you know guys like Freddie Kitchens, Matt Patricia, and Adam Gase, depending on... What those franchises want to do, and how this last month of the season unfolds. And of course, it's important before I say sayonara to just briefly touch on maybe what's the most, uh, one of the most important positions, they'd certainly think it is, that the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, and the situation there. Now, after, you know, some strong words after the Patriots' loss. I thought that a defeat to the Bills at home would spell the end of Jason Garrett's tenure at Dallas. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Jerry Jones came out after the that game and basically said, now is not the time. I still believe... And I'm paraphrasing. I still believe we're in a position to get where we want to be this year and write a different ending to our season. It seemed to me, he he still holds hope that Garrett can get the Cowboys where they want to be, which is the Super Bowl. Now, Jason Garrett, for me, is in a different category to these other coaches I've previously spoken about for a couple of reasons. One, Garrett is a Cowboys guy through and through. This guy won two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys as a player, He was an offensive coordinator in Dallas in 2007. From 2008 to 2010, he was the assistant head coach. 2010, he became the interim head coach and since 2011, has been the head coach. He's gone 83 and 65 since 2011 with the Cowboys, two and three in the postseason, won three division titles in 2018, 2016, and 2014. He's only had one losing season in his uh, in this his tenth year as a head coach. They haven't gone past the divisional round of the playoffs. And I think I was actually quite surprised looking at, at his coaching record, the fact that they'd only had the one losing season under Jason Garrett. I think you know, that the NFC East is an interesting and strange division. I think, so the one reason why I think he's in a different category is that the history, the fact that he is a Dallas Cowboy through and through and Jerry Jones loves those guys. The second reason is, I think more than any of these other coaches, his fate is in his hands. They have four games left ahead of them. Off the top of my head they're currently six and six. If they win out or at least go three and one in the last month of the season and look convincing like they did at the start of the season. They make it to the playoffs and they can what they need to do is basically win out their win their division. And he needs to win a playoff game. He needs to get them to the championship game. The NFC Championship game, I think that would be close to an close to enough to saving his job. the The problem I think is that they haven't been past that divisional round yet, and I know that sounds like saying, oh, all he's got to do is you know win three of the last four games convincingly and beat someone in the playoffs and get to the championship game." But that's different for a lot of these coaches. Some of these coaches do not have. Control over their future. Jason Garrett does, in my opinion. I think Jerry Jones will look for any reason he can to keep a guy who's, you know, a Dallas Cowboy lifer. I think he'll look for any any opportunity not to sack Jason Garrett. So the ball is in firmly in Jason Garrett's court. You need to coach your butt off for the last month of the season and then you've got to, you know, when the slate is wiped clean and you reach playoffs, you have to make use of one of the most talented lists in the NFL and you have to go and win a playoff game or two. That's the formula and I understand that that is difficult to do. But as I said, a lot of these other coaches don't have control. I think whether the Jacksonville Jaguars win the last four games of the season or lose the last four, I don't know how much that plays into whether Doug Marone keeps his job. Likewise with Freddie Kitchens. I mean, if the, if the, if the Browns make the playoffs, if they somehow find a way to do that, if they win their last games, finish nine and seven, and may, may that would probably be enough. But I. I still feel that more than any other coach that we've talked about, Jason Garrett has the power to write his own narrative. What he's got to do is take an exceptionally talented list of players and get them playing the sort of football you would expect from a roster of that depth and quality. And again, I acknowledge that's not an easy thing to do But you're in a situation where your management isn't looking to get rid of you. They're not looking for excuses to sack you. I think Jerry Jones is looking for excuses to keep Jason Garrett. And I don't think this is the only season where that has been the case. So I think the ball is in Jason Garrett's court. You have to take advantage of the fact that, if possible, Jerry Jones wants to keep you. So go out and keep your job. Go out and find a way to take this list, get back to the sort of football you were playing at the start of the year, and continue to be the coach, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Your future is in your hands. Jason Garrett. And we will play out with the relaxing music, the regular tune for the outro get you feeling a little more chilled now I needed that intense music for the uh, emergency intro for all this coaching carnage that's gone and that might go on yet thanks for listening to this one I will be back within the next 48 hours with a full Vic Bowl preview we'll probably get some content up talking about college football championship games that are coming up the conference championship games also hoping to have Minnesota Jack one of my friends who's a Vikings fan in to the JBFE to talk about the game uh, last night the Vikings and Seahawks hopefully have Minnesota Jack in to break all that down with us and share his lament of this element of the Viking saga with us. But until that time, you've been great, I've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. I will catch you next time.